You're listening to the Pat and Stew Podcast. On September 13th through the 15th, make history. Join me, Glenn Beck, and attend the inaugural Covenant America Celebration held on the beautiful Ozark Ranch just outside of Branson, Missouri. I'll be keynoting the event on Saturday night, and the event will also include two days of the best Branson entertainment and other patriotic and inspiring speakers. Of course, Sunday is going to be reserved for worship services. The event is sponsored by the producer of the new movie, Red Wing. It'll emphasize the vital importance of the Declaration of Independence. Every signer of the Declaration of Independence, as well as the indispensable man, George Washington, adamantly affirmed the protection of divine providence. They pledged everything, their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. Covenant America will explore who America is and why Israel is more than just an ally. Learn how the grievances of the Declaration of Independence apply to us today. Tickets for this event are going fast. Order yours at CovenantAmerica.us. That's CovenantAmerica.us. Hello. Oh. Welcome to Patton Stew. Okay, we'll start. Anthony Weiner is back in the news with another campaign ad. It's mm. disturbing that he thinks he can still win. He also gave the wonderful world of Stew. I don't know if you saw this, an exclusive press conference. The revealing video coming up later in the show. And, of course, his tiny dog owners. Uh, we know this is mm. hypocritical, but you'll want to see Keith Olbermann mocked to his face on television over his tiny dog. And we'll talk to Louisiana State Senator Albert Guillory about... Why he's left the president's party and become a Republican. Hmm. Patton Stew starts right now. Here we go for Patton Stew. QBO countdown. Four, three, two, one. Now, from the Glenn Beck Studio in Dallas, this is Pat and Stew. Only on the Blaze. Thank you. It's a Patton Stew show. Yeah, I know. You're part of it. I work here. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, then our job is done here, I guess. All righty. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us. What? They're still here. Jeez. What does it take? Thought we could ditch them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, 888-727-BACK if you want to get in touch with us, you know, sometime during the course of the day. Uh, if you happen to be at work, unlike our president, who um, hasn't had a vacation in about a day and a half, I think it's been. So, well, not this day and a half. Not he, no. no, right? But uh, I think there was a day and a half where he did work between vacations somewhere, sprinkled in there. And um, so, fortunately, he's he's put aside that brutal schedule and he's gone to Martha's Vineyard where he can take some take some time for himself. He needs it. Yeah, he he needs he need, it. Um, he needs some downtime with the family. Yeah. And he's getting that and Martha's Vineyard. And it's not the same. I mean, I think the last place was like a $25 million estate. This is only a $7.6 million estate. So, cutting. <laughs> he's cutting spending. It's a stink and dump. He is really slashing. It must be. It's the sequester thing. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's sequestration that has caused him to live in a dump for the next eight days. Uh, some, a dump on Martha, Martha's Vineyard. Can we, see, can, can we actually see the house? I, I want to see what this house looks like. Do we have a uh, shot of that? Yeah. It's do? only a 5,000 square foot place. I mean, it's like a double wide trailer. Yeah. I don't even know how they fit. There's four of them. How do they fit in there? Look, 
There did it is. They, they might even, it. did they bring any of the the old folks along like grandma? No, no. You can't you not in a 5,000 square foot dump like that. Look is at that, it's yeah. right on the water. Sure, but uh It looks like Cameron's house from Ferris Bueller. It's like all glass. Yeah. So kind of a looks like a Billy Joel's house from Glass Houses. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> It does. <laughs> and, uh, that one's uh, kind of felt self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, 5,000 square feet. I mean, like, he's the president of the United States. He's got plenty of money. I mean, he could pay for all this crap himself. Not that he does, but he could. Well, um, now he could. The dump that he's staying in, now he could. That's for sure. Yeah, look at that place. It's crappy. It's a crap heap. It's it looks it's, it. it's not nice. I don't like it. Do you like it? No, not really, huh? I mean, it's not that I wouldn't want I it. mean, look, you know, I'd take it. If it was given to me, I would accept <laughs> it. And that's what the president's choices are. Uh, we're going to give you this mansion for a week. Uh, mm-hmm. Do we want to take it? Yes. Okay. okay. I say yes to that. But if I'm choosing a $7 million mansion on That's Martha's Vineyard, I'm with. not going with that one. No. I don't know. It's, I'm not crazy about that style. No. no it uh, looks like Detroit. This is a, this is the over, Do we have the overhead? This is the Google Earth uh, uh, imagery. Uh, yeah, there he is. Ah, oh, that's a tiny blip of a thing. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. You can barely see it from oh space. God. That's That's <laughs> you can barely see it from space. Come on, to dump. It's a, it's a, it's essentially a glorified trailer. That's all it is. Yep. Yeah. Look mm-hmm. at that. Look at that. Yeah. I mean, look. I don't have a problem with him taking vacation. He, he does. Nobody take a lot has of a problem it. with. Right. It. What no we does. have a problem with him doing is bashing the wealthy. Yep. Every day of his stinking presidency. And then taking lavish vacations, saying not not just bashing the wealthy, but saying he's all about the middleman. He's all about the middle class. That's all he works. He will not rest until the middle class has a better life or until those who aspire to get to the middle class have gotten there. And then he spits in the face of the middle class taking these kinds of vacations. I can't take it. I can't. You never saw Bush doing that. You never saw Bush well, saying, yeah. I'm all about the middle class and, and the wealthy are, uh, uh, what's the word? The wealthy are uh, bad. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't do that. He no. didn't bash the wealthy and claim to be all about the little guy. Although, you know, I don't think he had any problem saying he was. But but then he wouldn't turn around and wind up at some $20 million estate in Martha's Vineyard golfing all the time. He took... He went golfing 24 times during his presidency. 24. He got excoriated for it because a war was going on, so he stopped doing it just because of the appearance. And when he took vacations, it was almost always to Crawford, Texas, in his own home. And it's a pretty modest home by presidential standards. I think there's 3,500 square feet in the place. I mean, I'm sure it's nice. And look, he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to justify it to anyone. You. Doesn't. This is the great thing about being a conservative, is when you have a, a principled belief that people can earn money and are worth the money they earn and can spend right. it however they wish. You don't have to apologize for your own wealth. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's what the president. And even should, so, though, mm-hmm. this that president didn't rub it in the face no. of the poor and the middle class. Right. This president does. Yeah. He does constantly. I mean, Martha. Look, Martha's Vineyard is is pretty sweet. Oh, oh my gosh! Uh, it is. You, you talk about an elite place. Yeah. Martha's Vineyard is it. And there's no problem with you know with going to an elite place. There's no problem with the president going to this place. It just you can't pair it's it his with hypocrisy his, with everything that he says. Um, and you know, I, I just it frustrates me from that perspective. It's like here's a guy who took all this money from all these millionaires who created their own wealth. And all these millionaires who gave it to him, uh, you know, deserve the criticism as well. 
because you're just you're 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 fueling uh, a machine that just vilifies uh, wealth. And you know, look, you could sit here and argue that people don't well, uh, you know, people are changing. They don't they don't want all. They're not trying to be. They hate this capitalism stuff. Oh, bottom line is, even the president who sits there and argues against it all the time can't help himself. When he goes on vacation, he can't help himself. He can't go back to anything modest. He can't just hang around. I don't. I mean, it's not like the the White House is is modest. I mean, mm. there's plenty of. Uh, 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 oh, but it's already paid for. Right. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, I know. It's already it's already paid. We for. already have the Secret Service there. Yeah. You don't have to rent seventy hotel rooms for him. No. You know. It's it's. it's I can't. Stay. I mean. I hate this uh, this crap because it's just like it's so disingenuous. Nobody calls him out. The golf thing mm-hmm. isn't perfect. You bring a great example of Bush, how he was excoriated for the golfing. He was. He was. It was the trailer of the Michael Moore film to defeat him. It seemed like it was, was him the golfing. point of that of yeah. that movie. He golfed too much. In part, it was the point of yeah. the movie. He golfed and didn't care about what is going on with regular people yep. and people in war. And this president can do it fifty five thousand times more than uh, George W. Bush does, and nobody says anything. I, I mean, I, it's so incomprehensible, the double standard, that it's almost not worth discussing. But I don't see how you don't point it out. I, me, I, I see it in your face every time you do it, and it's the same for me, which is you feel like you need to apologize for just pointing out how ridiculously unfair the coverage is <laughs> yeah. over these two presidents. It, because it's so tired an argument. It is. And yet so appropriate on a daily basis that you, you have to do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you have to. You're compelled to bring it up because we went through this. We were sitting there watching, you know, a presidency of George W. Bush, trying to discern whether it was a good one or a bad one based on its merits, and that was mm-hmm. never, ever the case with the media. And it was so frustrating to watch, and then you see it happen again, but just on the other side. Now, no one's trying to discern whether this guy's a good president or a bad president uh, based on his merits. The the public the I mean, look, look at this. This is we brought this up earlier. This is fact check, which I would I would argue is one of the better fact check organization, like better than PolitiFact and some of the others who are even more left wing biased. But listen to this justification. Uh, Romney was talking about whether uh, President Obama wanted a single payer system. They say it's a falsehood that they've debunked. Okay, here's their explanation. As we said in our October 16th article, Obama said at a town hall meeting in Albuquerque last summer that a single payer system would probably be his first choice. If he were designing a system from scratch, but instead he said his attitude is let's build up the system we got. Let's make it more efficient. And we may over time decide that there are other ways for us to provide care more effectively. So what is the president saying there? Obviously, anyone could read this and say what he's saying is, yeah, I'd love single payer. It would be great, but we can't do it right away. We got to do some other stuff first and then we'll try to get there. Right. Then they go on to say six years ago, Obama did say at an AFL-CIO forum that he was a proponent of a single-payer universal health care system. But that was in 2003 and not what he campaigned on as a presidential candidate. Who gives a crap what he campaigned on? We all know that candidates, when they're campaigning, lie. The point is, what does he actually believe? And when he mm-hmm. tells you in very clear speak, not in 1953, but in 2003, exactly what he wants, then he restates it and says we need to take an intermediary step now. It's blatantly obvious that's what he's trying to do. And now we've seen Harry Reid com- com- confirm it. We've seen this the architect of Obamacare construct it and, 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 and uh, uh, let that cat out of the bag. We've seen it over and over and over again. And yet this is debunking a falsehood. Mitt Romney was the one lying here. 
It's unbelievable. And like I know we point this media double standard out all the time, but it seems like an impossible mountain to climb when you're fighting against stuff like this. When the fact check organization says, well, yes, in 2003 he said it, and yes, he's saying the same thing in 2009, but he's not outwardly campaigning on the fact that he wants a single-payer system right this second, so therefore it's a lie for Mitt Romney. Right. That's the standard he has to hit. It's it's insanity. And Mitt Romney lied when he said uh, that Barack was going to bankrupt Detroit. <laughs> yeah. well, what an idiot he was there. Yeah, that's another one. We haven't even talked about the Obama... Uh, uh, stuff that went on with that. Anyway, I was just... No, but you're right. That's another oh gosh, one. I mean, they went out and they, you know, when uh, people were saying... Obama was making campaign speeches out. We took action! And then we, we made sure Detroit did not go bankrupt. Did you now? <laughs> did you? Because now it's bankrupt. I have yet to see any news source outside of the Blaze, some conservative blogs, maybe Fox News, address the fact that the president was outwardly saying he saved Detroit from bankruptcy. Yeah. And now Detroit is bankrupt. <laughs> I think they'd make the point. Well, by Detroit, he meant the auto companies. That's all. Yeah. He just meant the automotive right. industry, not the city and itself. They weren't specifically that's bankrupt they, then. They just they come the up with a, a a justification, which is like, could you not say, Mitt Romney? Well, I think what he was saying was he was talking about his 2003 statement where he said exactly that. They can't make that. They can't find the road to his logic there. No, not at all. They can't find a way to justify it other than calling it a blatant falsehood. It's amazing. But with the president, they will find the way. They will say, well, he didn't mean that. He meant this. It's really. Well, when you're saying that, you have to hold that standard to both. I mean, you know, these fact check organizations do that all the time. When it's a Democrat, they will find a path through the woods to find it to be true. Right. And when it's a Republican, if it's not exactly like the example that I I like to give on this one was Rick Santorum when he was running. And he said uh, something to the effect of among a certain group of people, uh, uh, unemployment is now well into the double digits. They take that account. They take that out and they say it's false. Like it might've been pants on fire. It was, it was something where it was like mostly false or false. And they say, Uh, well, uh, it's not. And they go through this whole justification, realize later that they screwed the whole thing up, that they messed up the numbers Go back, and they still give it a false. Why? Because the unemployment rate he was talking about was 10.5%. And that's not, quote, well into the double digits. <laughs> yes, it's double digits, but it's not well into. Now, I would argue, and this is seriously, they responded personally oh to me. Because I called him out on Twitter on it. They personally responded. It was PolitiFact, I believe. Personally responded in a direct message to me saying, we saw it was 10.5 or 10.7%, but that's not well into double digits. That's only double digits. Now, I'm sorry. When you are, t- when you will make justifications for the president over and over again and carve out reasoning he didn't even have to make it seem like it could be true and then come to me with, well, it's not well into. And I would argue, by the way, that. 10.7% unemployment is well into double digits. It doesn't go up to 50%. I mean, the range is pretty much has been for like, I don't know, 50 years between like 3 and 8%. Yeah. So 107 yeah. is well into double digits when it comes to unemployment, but that's a whole separate argument. This is what the press does. They look for ways to justify what mm-hmm. the people on the left do, and they look for ways to make what people on the right do uh, into huge mistakes. And that's what's frustrating about this, because it's not a fair playing ground. I'll give you more frustration uh, coming up from Harry Reid. Uh, this will make your eyes bleed. Coming up on Patton Stu.
727727 back. Pat and Stu. Uh, I'm not sure I understand that tweet. thought the White House was a prison. Yes, she yeah, did. She, she did. felt like so she where was that a coming from, though? So they escaped the prison to Martha's Vineyard. Yeah. What were we saying? Who said we the just say it was nice. Oh, we said it was mm-hmm. nice, but yeah. they haven't said that. No, no, no they, they haven't that. said Don't. that. That place is a prison. So that's why they have to escape prison to Martha's Vineyard, which is uh, beautiful. I mean, they'll leave the White House, which is what? 20,000 square feet? 30,000 square feet? Seriously, the White House is a large residence. I mean, but there's residential and there's office space and there's a bowling alley and there's a basketball court. And being the being the, you know, the president of the first lady, you can't just go anywhere in the White House that you want whenever you want. Well, you can. Yes, yeah. you can. What? But still, I mean, what? still, you can, bowl you know, you're confined to, I mean, yes, there's 20 or 30,000 square feet. I forget how big it is, but some of it's not actual living space. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? I bet there's only 15,000 square feet of actual living space. <laughs> right. I, I would think, too, that, I mean, I don't know, I'm, I'm no security expert, I, but it seems to me that an island is not a good spot. For the president for the pre- to go. No, no that's why you <laughs> stay off Manhattan. Yeah. Like, and stay off Martha's Vineyard. It just seems yeah. like it's not the safest location in the world to be, just Stupid. from a security perspective. Oh, they they but, were bummed, too, in the dump mm-hmm. he's staying in. Now he's closer to the roads. That's why they have to shut down the roads and stuff. I mean, they were, oh, yeah. the Secret Service were yeah. really bummed. Did you Might see well, the, you know, the White House is, a, is approximately yes. 55,000 square feet. Oh, my gosh, I was uh, way off. Way off. 55,000 square feet? <laughs> 55,000 square feet. It's only six floors. Six okay, floors. That's got to be one of the largest homes in the world. <laughs> uh, uh, have you heard of a bigger square footage home than that? Yeah, I think there's some bigger ones. I mean, but again, it's not all home. Some of it's office space. But uh, 10 rooms on the ground floor. Well, Jeffy's is pretty close. Jeffy's is 55, 55 square, feet. square feet. 55. Uh, that's not counting the porch. Right. Well, okay. The Hello, porch I'll makes it the porch, 60 square feet. <laughs> yeah, a five square foot porch. That's not bad. It's not the bad. steps coming in. You have to come. When you, when you want to get away from it all, you go out on the five square foot porch. <laughs> 55,000 square feet. That's ridiculous. I mean, I know you want your president to live in a nice place. I, I know you don't expect him to live in a two bedroom apartment. But 55,000 square feet, that's excessive. Okay, there's one home in, wow, a home in uh, Mumbai. In uh, Mumbai? In Mumbai. That's an in-your-face to the billions of people who live there, isn't <laughs> you it? You see the details of it. <laughs> I don't, I, this is, uh, I don't know, someone sent this over, but I don't know if it's, uh, I have not checked into it at least, but <clears throat> it's supposedly done now. It's 27 stories, and it's a single home. Uh, has 27 stories, 398,000 square feet of living space. <laughs> 398,000. I, mean, oh, I think I heard about that. Somebody a, built a high rise home, yeah, right? Yeah. It's a high rise home. I mean, looking at the pictures of it, 398,000. It looks to be the tallest building in the area. How many people live there? Like one family? It says a family home, but who knows what that means? Wow. Wow. That's pretty amazing. Uh, hmm. 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. Looking at the most expensive billionaire uh, homes in the world from Forbes magazine. And they do have it listed. The 
Oh, uh, I think I think Gates Home is about fifty thousand, isn't it? Um, Forty five fifty. The Probably. the Mumbai house I was talking about four hundred thousand square feet approximately worth uh, he's worth twenty one point five billion but he built the house of about a for about a billion dollars so it's, it's wow. just a billion one billion dollar home so, yeah, yeah, that yeah. The, that's that's not using union <laughs> that's labor the twenty seven twas twenty seven story, story thing yeah it says named after an island in the Atlantic mm. has six underground levels of parking three helicopter pads a health level and reportedly requires six hundred staff to run it. Oh, there it's the it is. world's most expensive home. Yeah, Look at that. It's not it's, even like nice, but ugly. It looks like you just look at that ugly thing. It looks like it like is like in construction. It doesn't. It's it not does. even nice. It it absolutely does. Yeah, that's an eyesore. I would think the city would be pissed. Of course, you're in Mumbai. So yeah, he's so got twenty one billion. Your standards are not apparently that high because that looks like a wrench. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you you're the one that built that wrench home, right? Yeah, that's okay. That's not uh, interesting. Yeah, it looks like a wrench. Uh, one guy bought a house for seven hundred fifty million dollars in uh, France. It does not give the size for some reason. Seven hundred and fifty million. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Five hundred million euro in wow. two thousand eight. Wow. Um, Spelling's home. The uh, spelling that Tori spelling. Oh, right. Well, um, no, what was his name? Aaron. Aaron Spelling. He's gone now. We lost him. What? Uh, uh, yeah, get over it. All right, it's been a while. <laughs> uh, but we lost the spell. We lost uh, Aaron Spelling, uh, and then I think his bride, his sweet bride, sold the place. Yeah, I don't remember what she got for it, but that was fifty six thousand square feet. And then she moved into a six, a little teeny sixteen thousand square foot. Yeah, she was all by herself. Though. Yeah, she's all by herself. So she downsized yeah. a little bit. Um, so there are some big homes, but man. Fifty-five thousand. We didn't want to build palaces. I thought. I, I'd say fifty-five thousand square feet qualifies it, as palace. It also says here on this that the White House fence encloses eighteen acres. What does so the White House fence? Oh, okay. So it's within. It's on eighteen acres of land. Is it really? So there's a little bit of room for to run around. Yeah, that's you know, some room, room for the kids to go out and play. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, you, you can take a vacation and leave the premises. That's fine. I mean, they do a lot of travel anyway, so maybe you'd think you'd want to do a staycation. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you're going to go somewhere, can you not go to the most expensive area in, like, the world? <laughs> I mean, Martha Martha's Vineyard has got to be one of the most expensive areas in the United States. Yeah. Uh, as far as zip codes yeah. go. I mean, yeah, do you have to screw up life for everybody on that island? Right. And, and, it, it seems it, it's inconsiderate, for one thing. There's a million really places is. you can go. You go to Florida. You know, go to um, where they have roads. They have roads in Florida. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, well, go then, to Hawaii. Did you again. see the note from the town to the residents? Which was basically, if you, there's going to be a lot of road closures. If you don't like it, email the White House. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean. Boom. Because they probably complain. Yeah, because it's not their fault. It's not their fault. They can't do anything about can't it. Can't do a thing and about like, it. Imagine do it. you are, like, because a lot of people, obviously, a lot of really rich people own Houses that are worth seven point five million dollars on Martha's Vineyard. It's a, it's a, well, his neighbors are Ted Danson, yeah, on one side, Carly Simon on the other. Right. So, so it's a lot. They of deserve it. Yeah, tell me they don't. Those two leftists <laughs> deserve everything they get of the inconvenience this guy is bringing to their neighborhood. Oh yeah, there's no doubt about that. Deal with it. But imagine there's a lot of people who would go up there for a week, so they're spending mm-hmm. a fortune. To rent a house yes. for a week, and yeah. it's the only thing that they do. I'd like be you know, it's it's your big vacation for the year. I'd be now, out look, of my mind. Still, pissed. you got to have some money to go out there even for a week. But 
But, I mean, I would assume, you know, if you, you said, what, $349 a, a night for these hotels? I mean, look, yeah. it's a nice that's vacation. Not, that's not that, I but, mean, I mean, it is, it's a lot of money, but it's not, uh, you when know. you compare it to New York, let's yeah. say. Yeah, like it's, it's a normal horse price of a hotel in New York, if not a cheap one. Uh, I'd uh, say cheap. So, I mean, you know, you're talking about a week there, you're a couple thousand dollars for a, a family vacation. Uh, but then you can't go anywhere on the freaking island because the president has the whole thing shut down. That would piss me off to no end. A lot. Oh, my gosh. A lot. And there he is, lining up a a, a putt, I guess. It looks like a little sand, a little chip, chip, a pitching little wedge, chip there. shot, yeah. mm-hmm. little chip shot there. Mm-hmm. Uh, sand wedge. Action. Although I'm not sure that's from this particular uh, vacation because he was wearing shorts in the other shot I saw. Of course, he's probably golfed like five times already. Yeah, uh, since he got there. Triple this is just stock footage of our president golfing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the new shot was him looking like uh, some kind of uh, uh, penguin or something. Not a penguin, but a, uh, well, not a penguin, but the stork or whatever kind of bird that is. Oh, because yeah, one like very a close, yeah. very close penguin between a penguin and a stork. Penguin. Almost it's the, the same first thing. bird I could think of. In my mind, penguin. same thing. Triple eight, triple eight, seven two seven. Back. Immense Spain. Immense Spain. No, you know what? Florida, because we just had a tweet about, oh, send it, don't send him to Florida. Send him to California. You know what? Any blue state will do. You vote yeah. for this guy, you That's get right. him. That's right. That's right. So Florida, welcome. Welcome to the president of the United States, mm-hmm. Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. He's going to be clogging up your throughways uh, coming soon. <sighs> okay, that's what Jeffy meant. Penguin, flamingo. Yeah, the same thing. Whatever. In my so mind, were, same thing. You were actually... Uh, wrong on both birds, you suggested, not just the first one. You said penguin, and that was wrong. I couldn't think of flamingo. We thought of it after the break. (laughs) We went from penguin to stork, and that still wasn't right. It was close. A stork is closer than a penguin. (laughs) It's very similar. That's a good good find, though. And also a stupid way to stand. I'll tell you that. Like, look at it. What what a stupid bird that is. Why are you you standing in the number four? If you're going to stand in the number four, don't stand in a reverse number four. Well, exactly. You were looking the other side. Yeah, we were, I went to the zoo, uh, brought Zach to the zoo uh, a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And that was the, like, most of it, like, you know, there's a, there's an elephant walking like 100 miles away. He's not two yet. You know, mm-hmm. they're kind of like hanging out. He wasn't really into it. But the flamingos, you walk through the flamingo area and there's like 500 flamingos within, you know, I don't know, uh, t- 15 feet of you. Like, they, they're right there. Yeah. And they're all it's actually kind of freaky. It's 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 a good premise for a, a really bad horror film. Like Sharknado three could be like it could have flamingos involved because they're a little frightening. <laughs> but they're stupid animals. They have these little toothpick legs and they go up to these little plump bodies. Makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. this is a this is a poor design for a bird. They should be extinct. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, they're actually really cool looking birds. But they don't. You know what I will say? Like they look. And they're look at that. It's a pink, lovable creature. In real life, those things would eat you. Oh, they're mean. You get in the middle yeah. of a bunch of flamingos, those things are pecking you to death. You're lying, they are. Mm-hmm. All right. That's, yeah, they're kind of scary. They are. We we have a, uh, you know, there's a pond in our area, and it and, and it has a swan in it. And the swan is the meanest, stinking little they're thing. Nasty. I mean, they're, they're nasty. They, they come up and hiss at you and will bite you. 
Uh, if you don't scare him away, he will come right up to you and start biting you. Really? Yeah. So what do you do to scare it away? Just like I run at it. You just run at it. Yeah. So it's or make a kicking motion. Would you like to borrow an axe? No, I don't want to. I don't want to hack it to death yet. Wait, you know, media matters is like Pat Gray <laughs> kicks swans. I, I haven't. I've yet to touch it, but I've threatened it to get away from me, <laughs> so it doesn't come. You know, bite me. So your neighbors have attacked swans. I don't know that I want yes. to come into your Yes. Yes. Uh, triple. They actually have. They say they claim in our like our, our homeowners association. An email went out to all the residents in our area. Uh, we, we, we have the swan. We're all enjoying the swan being there. We don't know where it came from. You don't know where it came A swan just magically appeared in our pond. How'd that happen? So anyway, they claim they don't know where it came from, but they go on to say swans mate for life. So we'd like to get it a mate. We're taking donations right now to get the swan a mate. I'm not giving you one stinking well, penny to get the swan a mate. You want to get the mate? For the swan, you use my homeowners association fee and go get a freaking mate. <laughs> what, what am I paying for? I was I was complaining about that with my wife last. Well, they cut the lawn. They cut the lawn in the common area. That costs what we paid. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> it's very true. Oh yeah. man, what do they do? What do they? They nothing. We don't have a community pool. There's no clubhouse. You have a little you know, sign as you come into the neighborhood. We have, we have it, and it's a crappy sign. It's not even a nice one. It's like, hey, you're here. Welcome home. That's it. I've got that and the swan, which we didn't even pay for. But now you want me to pay for one. No, 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 absolutely. I draw not. the line at paying for mate swan. I will say I'm intrigued by your skepticism, though, in that you you said very clearly they claim to have not brought the swan there. It seems <laughs> as if you believe they did. Conspiracy. I think there's some conspiracy there. <laughs> Where the hell did a swan come from? All of a sudden, it flew in from the north. No, no, the swan. What happened? What, I don't what, know. Give me a give me a plausible theory on, how, on what happened. They brought the swan in, <laughs> and now they're thinking, oh, we didn't buy two of them, but they're fifteen hundred dollars each, and we're not going to spend another fifteen hundred. Let's see if we can get the residents to. Pay so your for it. belief is uh-huh. that your homeowners association purchased a swan, and now yes. it's denying the purchase yes. of a swan. That's that's my belief. That's my belief. Well, they're not denying it. They're just saying they don't know. They've got the, they've got the plausible deniability. Yeah, and now it's out there, and they've got, they've they got, got an answer to they it. They've got an answer for it. But wouldn't they have some sort it. of budget or something? You should. I want you That's to track this thinking. down. There's yeah. got to be a budget for this kind of stuff. Come on. You mow the lawn in the common area. That's what you do? Uh, that's all we yeah, get you, for our money. You Nothing. Don't, you don't have, like, I mean, I've only been to your place once or twice, but you mm-hmm. don't have, like, that... Giant, expansive amenities area. Not at all. It's just Mm-mm. just mowing the lawn in the common just area. Mowing the lawn in the common maybe area. Maybe plant a few flowers or something. Maybe yeah, some landscaping. You know, they, upkeep. I guess they keep the scum off the pond. Ooh, maybe that's why they that's... brought in the the swan. Uh, see, now you're in on the theory too, aren't you? Oh, I buy it 100. Of course, because you, you believe everything. <laughs> and just wait. This is like the swan's nose in the camel. Because now they're going to want you to pay for the for the swan mate. And then you're going to mm-hmm. have to pay for the babies that mm-hmm. they have and all right. the food they Why? eat. It's the not whole welfare. Thing. Why oh are you God. paying for the babies <laughs> the of the swans? They feed themselves, I say, I say axe that thing right now. Get it over with. <laughs> you're saying kill the swan? Yes, get rid of it right now.
<laughs> Where did this turn to? This is everything that liberals say about us. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's Jeffy. Jeffy just called for a swan massacre. <laughs> Not a massacre, just one. <sighs> All right. Triple eight seven two seven back. Now, uh, the weekend movie scene was about what we expected. Elysium was number one. By uh, quite a bit, it looks like. Well, I guess about four million. Elysium it, was number one at thirty and a half million. Is that what they expected that thing to do? I or? thought it was more like thirty-five or something. They wanted out of that. So, so maybe wow, where the Millers did twenty-six. They were only expecting, I think, eighteen or nineteen for that. So that overperformed. Yeah, and that was number two. Then Planes didn't do as well as Disney hoped. Um, and then Percy Jackson. I, I kind of liked the first one, but I didn't read the book. My my wife and uh, kids didn't like. Uh, the first Percy Jackson movie, but they read the book. And then uh, number five, Two Guns. Yeah, um, I did see Where the Millers uh, this weekend. That's the one with uh, Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston, uh, Jason right. Sudeikis. Mm-hmm. Uh, good. It was, you liked it? It was very funny. Very funny. Very funny. Yeah, I mean, okay. it, you know, again, it's what you're getting there. It's a raunchy comedy about essentially the drug culture. They and, pretend to be a family so they yeah. can smuggle drugs across the border. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, and the premise is there to mm-hmm. essentially set up the jokes. But it was funny. I mean, it was a, it was a, it was, it was what I wanted to see. Yeah. I wanted to see a stupid comedy that made me laugh pretty hard a few times. And because you kind of threatened that maybe you'd go see Elysium so you could report back on the political uh, nature of it, but you didn't. You didn't yeah, have the didn't guts have any, to do that. No, I didn't have any time to do it. And uh, you know, this movie was. Uh, you know, I went with my wife, and she was not at all interested in Elysium. Um, oh, so really? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, oh, she, you know, not at all. She's not a sci-fi person at all. Oh, okay. Uh, but and I you're really not either that much. Yeah, you know, I I don't like superhero movies. I'll I'll go see a decent amount of sci-fi stuff. I would like to see Elysium. But like you're not into Star Trek and Star Wars. Star Wars I'm into. I like. Star oh, Wars. you are. Yeah, I like Star Wars. Okay. I, Star Trek I never really got into that much. Although I'd watch it. Like yeah. I, I just don't. Star Wars I I definitely like. I'm not a super geek fan. You know, I don't have like a really good Yoda impression to pull out whenever it's necessary. Like, <laughs> Is that what it takes to be yeah, a super I don't have like fan? also a really okay. good Chewbacca impression to bust out. <laughs> I also don't have a really good Jabba the Hutt impression to bust out whenever necessary, yeah. <laughs> which some people may have. somewhat specific. It is pretty specific. Huh. Uh, and as I started it, I didn't realize I was going to keep going because there actually are multiple impressions you use. From kind of sad. It's kind of sad. Uh, 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 but I do, I, you know, I watched all the movies and really liked them and i went to see you know all the new ones like on the first night like i, I, I don't know it's it's fun yeah. uh, although i will say i didn't particularly like it's for for a movie series that's that beloved you realize how much of it you don't actually like like no one likes the first uh the, the you know the of uh, the new series no one likes the first one uh no the, you're talking about phantom menace phantom right? menace no one likes it don't like it uh, i mean almost nobody likes it mm-hmm. uh the second one well, it was so awful because you had first of all the little kid playing yeah, anakin and he was terrible was just one of the worst kid actors of, of all, all time. time and then you had jar jar binks the worst pretend character in any movie of any age yeah ever now i see i tend to like the second one which and i kind of believe it's the best of the newer batch um but is that the darth maul one uh, that was the first one, right? Was Mall was the first one. Oh, okay. Second one was the Attack of the Clones. It's when they went to the city planet that we talked about oh, fairly right. recently. Yep. Um, but again, like, there's tons of crap in there. Like, including Definitely. the awful love story between Anakin and, and Natalie Portman. Yes. Which is just awful. The dialogue is terrible. And I'm not sure, is that the one? No, it's the one before. It's the first one. The, the third thing they did in that one was ruin the force for me. They tried to explain it too much. Don't... Uh, that wrecked it for me. This oh, okay. midi chlorian thing. What yeah. is that? 
What is that? Just leave it. Leave it. You had a, a fantastic thing with the force, and then they tried to explain it that it's it's almost like endorphins in your body or something. Right? Do you remember that? Yeah. The midichlorians yeah. are born with them. And, and then uh, Anakin, they tried to claim, was from a virgin birth because she, there was some burst of midichlorians in the mother or something that created him. Really? Isn't that what it was? I don't remember that much they detail. This is what I'm saying. I'm not virgin that birth with uh, hmm. with Anakin Skywalker. Interesting, I, which I, I, is weird. But then the third one was, was the one. The only thing I remember from the third one was uh, James Earl Jones unconvincing no at the end. I thought the third one Awful. was actually pretty bad. Awful. And then go back to the initial series. Yeah. I'm sorry. When you watch Return of the Jedi, it is not a good movie. Return of the Jedi is I not I, good. I remember it fondly, but when you look at the dumb Ewoks... Ewoks are terrible. See, it's the stupid message against, like, technology where, like, mm. the the dumb rock-throwing uh, little animals somehow defeat this massive army. It's not good. It has it has that level of, like, um, you know, uh, oh, it's my, from my childhood, and I remember that, and it's warm, and it's, mm-hmm. but it's not good. Empire Strikes Back and Star Wars are good. The rest of them really are not even... They went two for six, to be honest. Maybe you give them two and a half of six. That's about it. I think that's there's something to that. Sadly, there's something to that. I mean, Especially when you look back on them as an adult with an objective point of view and you're not romanticizing the whole series. Yeah. You know, and, and you, you remember that Lucas had this propensity to dumb down the movies and make them like super, super tiny kid friendly. Mm-hmm. That's why he went with the Ewoks. Yeah, the Ewoks are the perfect. Stupid. That's why he went with Jar Jar Binks. And dumb. I think the the dumb. second set of movies was so bad that people forgot that Return of the Jedi was pretty highly criticized at the time was. for that I reason. Remember that. We we're like, what are these mm-hmm. stupid Ewoks? And like, they're just trying to make kid dolls. You were probably what seven? Yeah, when did it, when when Return it, of the Jedi eighty three? Yeah, eighty two, eighty three. So I was, you know, twenty by then, and so. um in fact, like 22. So I I do remember the criticism. Yeah. It was like the joke that but they're I just it. making the Star Wars. I mean, if you remember, to bring it to that, Spaceballs, that Mel Brooks movie, which also doesn't really stand up particularly well to time. I bet not. Uh, but you look at that and everything, every joke in there is, look, we've got, we've merchandised. We've got merchandising. Star Wars, the movie. We've got Star Wars, the flamethrower. Like, they just, it was all about how they created, essentially, Return of the Jedi just mm-hmm. to make money off of stupid Ewok dolls. That was the joke. And, like, in the the new set was so bad, people now look back at the mm. old, at Return of the Jedi, like, oh, that was great. No, it wasn't. It was not great. No, I think there's something to that, sadly. And that's why, maybe even George Lucas knows that now and acknowledges that. That's why you got somebody else. To do the next bunch of movies, but I would not be surprised to see someone else who's a competent filmmaker save save it because I, I think well J.J. L- Abrams yeah. is who they brought in Lucas he could he I could think was it. the problem he, Lucas was the problem I, mean, I think he yeah, kind of sucks he, he's really not a, like he I know lucky. he's made a lot of money he got lucky with about three or four movies yeah. he did let's American Graffiti mm-hmm. let's look at the good movies he's done well we'll do that in a second here. Stand by for good George Lucas movies. Uh, it's going to be a short list. Triple Eight Seven Two Seven Back.
97 back. It's Pat and Stu. The, uh, we, we've got, we we're talking about the uh, top 10 from the weekend, which uh, included Elysium at number one, 30 and a half million. I think they expected a little more out of that, but maybe the socialist nature scared some people off. Uh, but um, it got us started talking about movies and, and uh, Lucas movies in particular. And then it kind of hit us that uh, George Lucas has done scant few movies that he's directed that are good. Um, so I think you start with, obviously, his first movie was TH, THX. Well, uh, THX 1138. This is director. I mean, not only is he not directed good movies, he actually has not directed many movies at all. Yeah. Uh, he's directed only six. Okay. Six movies. Okay. THX 1138 in 1971, awful. which I don't remember. And I, you know, Awful. Awful. Then American Graffiti 1973. Which is a classic. It's a classic. And that, that really, that that was where everybody said, okay, this guy is an up-and-coming genius. And then he proves it in 1977 with Star Wars. Right. Okay. And then that solidified him. Then, and then he could do no wrong, except he did. Right. Now, Empire Strikes Back, obviously all-time classic, but he did not direct it. That's amazing. Okay? He also did not direct Return of the Jedi. He came That's back to amazing. direct only Episode One: The Phantom Menace, which was terrible. Awful. Then he did Attack of the Clones and Awful. Revenge of the Sith. So he did Awful. the three bad Star Wars new ones. Wow. And he did only the original Star Wars. Now, he did do more executive producing than that. Uh, his most recent uh, uh, involvement was Red Tails. Horrible. Horrible. Okay. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is one of, one the, of the worst, worst of movies all time. I've ever seen. It seriously is. That's, that, that is a, that is a terrifically bad movie. It's unbelievable. He, it, Harrison Somehow Ford. He made Harrison Ford look bad. Yeah. He, Harrison Ford survives a nuclear explosion in a refrigerator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's bad. It's really, really that bad. That happens. Uh, then you've got, uh, the three Star Wars and you have Radioland Murders, which I, I, I don't know. Um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade was pretty good. Uh, he did a couple of animation. He did Raiders of the Lost Ark, didn't he? Or he didn't. He didn't direct that. Spielberg did, right? I think so. Yeah. So he can't even oh get credit gosh. for Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Tucker, the Man in His Dream. That was the oh, car Tucker movie. Tucker was that pretty was okay. good. I liked. I liked that. I liked Tucker. Willow. Oh, no on. bad. Really bad. Uh, Howard the Duck. Oh my gosh. One of, one of the was biggest known bombs as of all time. the biggest bomb of all time until mm-hmm. really, I, mean, I probably had a good ten year run where everyone would say that. And like, uh, uh, what was the other one? Uh, Three Amigos. <laughs> right. Oh no, Ishtar. Ishtar, Ishtar is Ishtar. what I Ishtar. Ishtar. Yeah. In fact, I think that you know, and everybody making fun of that movie, that pissed him off to the point where he said, "Okay, I'm not going to do any more Star Wars." And then, supposedly, at least that's the story I heard. And then, all through the '90s until what '98, '97, '98, when he finally did it, yeah, he was pissed and and refused to do. That's why he didn't do seven, eight, nine, which I guess he intended at one point to do. And then he he chucked that, and then by the time he got over his tizzy fit of Howard the Duck and people not liking it, it was too late to do to go back with Luke and Leia and all of that. So that's why he did this, the prequel. Really? Yeah. Supposedly, I, it wouldn't be shocking, but I don't know. Uh, he did do uh, executive producing on some of the other movies, uh, like Return of the Jedi, Raiders of the Lost Ark, as you pointed out, uh, Empire Strikes Back, blah blah blah. But, I mean, really, the big successes that he's known for, he didn't direct. Uh, and some of the ones that he hmm. produced were really bad. I mean, Howard the Duck is, I, you know, again, that's another one I look back at uh, and I, at the time, liked because I was a kid. Yeah. And I didn't understand how bad it was. But, you know, it's a talking duck doll. Okay? Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm. interacting with people. And the thing, he doesn't understand, Pat, because he's not from our world. So when he goes and he looks, uh, when he opens up his backpack, uh, it doesn't have Playboy magazine. 
because he's from another planet and he's a duck. Right, right. He has Play Duck magazine. Play Duck, yeah, right. You see what I'm saying? Right, yeah. Do you, see, do you yeah. understand? Can you believe you know, that didn't work? It's pretty subtle, but um, I think I get the nuance. Well, I, you know, I don't know if like you do. Like naked it, ducks in it? Aren't all yeah. ducks naked? I've never seen a, except well, for Donald Howard. Duck. Was and Howard was closed. Uh, yeah, Howard was closed. Uh, well, did he have pants on too? Or I don't know if he had pants on. That's a lot a of ducks question. don't wear pants. <laughs> it's true. Like Donald, they're like reverse Didn't wear pants. Like men here can wear bathing suits, but no tops. Right. Ducks tend to wear tops, but no bottoms. The opposite. They go bottomless. Yeah, which is odd. And so Donald was always bottomless. Yeah, he didn't care if his uh, that's unit was showing. That's too much. Yeah, it's I too much. We don't need to see Donald's unit. Uh, <laughs> um, no. Strangely, we never actually got a glimpse of it. So well, it depends must on not have been that prominent. Hard you looked. Yeah, I think that's but, the issue. Uh, uh. But yeah, Howard the Duck was so he he looked at play duck instead of play girl. Think about or play the boy. brilliance there. Brilliant, because that's because he's looking at ducks. <laughs> how does how does a guy like George Lucas look at that script and go? An alien from space who's a duck? Because I'm doing this, what? man. This is going to be huge. And then he spent what? 80 million or 100 million nah, on that I mean, back in the I, 80s? I was just looking back at that. It's 37 million budget. You know, yeah, okay. pl- probably plus uh, all the promotion. Marketing and all Made that. Made less than half of that, though. 16 million. Uh, that's, <laughs> wow. And, then, you know, with inflation and everything, that's a massive bomb. Um, and, the, you know, it has horrible ratings. Do they have a quotes from it? Because the quotes have got to be great. I bet you he's made up some of that on Howard the Duck, though, in sales and stuff, because. That's again. That's like you were saying. He dumbed down some of the Star Wars to little kids, mm-hmm. so he tried to do that with Howard the Duck too. So. Well, he. I mean, please. He doesn't have to make up anything from Howard the Duck. The guy's made like three billion dollars in Star Wars alone. You can deserve a failure when you have Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, okay. you got Star Wars franchise and Indiana Jones. I think you're yeah. doing okay. Okay, hold on one second here, Pat. All All right. Right. Let me just give you some more of this brilliance. All Howard right. the Duck is being strip searched. Oh boy. He says, "On my planet, we never say die. We say." Not my shorts. Oh, that's good. Okay. How, how about this? Okay. <laughs> that's it. No more Mr. Nice Duck. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got another one? Let's see. Uh, <laughs> hit me with one more if you can. Uh, no one laughs at a master of quack foo. <laughs> see? Not, not kung fu. Quack quack foo. See, that's it. Studio in Dallas. This is Pat and Stu on the Blaze. 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 Beck. Common sense is so hard to find uh, in our politicians today that when you find it in a politician, it's like, oh my gosh. This guy is a superstar. And uh, we think that uh, when when you find common sense, when you find people saying things that uh, aren't said by almost anybody, let alone uh, African-American politicians, um, you should probably hold them up and, and show them to people and, and say, thank you. Thank you for saying that. And Senator uh, Elbert Guillory from uh, Louisiana is one of those guys who is saying the hard things that need to be said. Yeah, uh, let's look at some of these uh, words. We've, we've featured him a couple times. Let's uh, give you a quick uh, refresher course on Elbert Guillory. You see, in recent history, 
the Democrat Party has created the illusion that their agenda and their policies are what's best for black people. Somehow it's been forgotten that the Republican Party was founded in 1854 as an abolitionist movement with one simple creed that slavery is a violation of the rights of man. You see, at the heart of liberalism is the idea that only a great and powerful big government can be the benefactor of social justice for all Americans. But the left is only concerned with one thing, control. And they disguise this control as charity. Because to be truly free is to be reliant on no one other than the author of our destiny. These are the ideas at the core of the Republican Party, and it is why I am a Republican. So my brothers and sisters of the American community, please join with me today in abandoning the government plantation and the party of disappointment so that we may all echo the words of one Republican leader who famously said, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we are free at last. Mm. Albert uh, Guillory joins us now on the Patton Stew Show. Senator Guillory, uh, thanks, thanks for joining us. Uh, no doubt you've gotten all kinds of flack since um, you... Uh, said those things, and you've been outspoken ever since. Uh, but has anybody rallied to your defense? Are, are you getting people in the African-American community saying, thank you for finally saying that? Absolutely. Good. I mean, I'm amazed at it, but many people in the black community have come forward and said, I, I hear what you're saying. It's time for someone to stand up and say it. It's, a lot of people have lived through the transition in the black community from a, a place that was self-reliant and hard-working mm-hmm. to a, a, a place where men just kind of sit around all day and drink drinking liquor. And they're not satisfied either. So they understand. And I, I've been very heartened by the response in the black community. Yeah, Senator, your transition is really interesting to me because you look at where you came from and, you know, your other video that, uh, that we, uh, you recently released really speaks, uh, eloquently about the free market and how for the free market has brought, uh, uh, you know, made this country a prosperous one. Um, and it really, was there a time that I'm, that I'm forgetting about that the Democrats were actually a party that believed in those sorts of values? You know, I was talking with someone <clears throat> yesterday about it. My mother and my dad, I was born into a, a Democrat family, uh, two unions. Mom belonged to a union, dad belonged to, uh, my stepdad belonged to a union. And it was about hard work. It was about jobs and education. It was about the, the free market and a, a different type of America. It was about respect and discipline and all of those things, those old-timey values. And somewhere along the way, we uh, we took a turn, and I believe that we can trace a lot of that turn to some of the policies of the Democrat Party, those giveaway policies that have made us lose our, our self-reliance and our self-initiative, lose our get-up-and-go, and, go and uh, placed us on the, on the government dole where we take, where we accept a few dollars uh, and vote for the Democrat Party, and, and, and that's it. So what was nothing in return? What was the straw, Senator, that broke the camel's back for you? Was it seeing this president's uh, policies? Was it seeing his reliance on governmental programs and uh, talking about redistribution of wealth and all of those things? 
that was a, a big, big part of it. His spending policies are another big part of it. The fact that uh, he spends almost twice what this nation takes in, and, and everyone knows at your home, if you spend twice the amount of money that you make, you're going to go broke, you'll be bankrupt, and that's what he's doing to, to my beloved nation. And, and that, too, has played a big part in it. Marriage, uh, turning away from, from the traditions of, of what marriage is and what family is, uh, those those values that made us great, that he's turned his back on, that that, that just made me want to uh, made me want to throw up and certainly throw away the party of disappointment and go to the party of values. Yeah, I go back and forth here because I see, you know, when I see the videos you've released recently, uh, Senator, it's, you know, they're really impressive and giving me hope, really, that, you know, maybe, you know, there'll be people who stand up and take what I think for what you've done is a really difficult stance, uh, kind of going against the grain. Uh, and then at the same time, last week, we get stuff uh, like from Oprah, where she tells us that the Trayvon Martin case is the same case as Emmett Till. And I kind of, again, feel like I don't, I don't, I don't, because I, I don't even understand that viewpoint. Um, is that what is the way to bridge? I mean, first of all, if you could talk about the the Oprah comments, that would be really interesting to hear. And secondly, how do we bridge the gap? Those comments are just not only unfortunate, but they they're historically inaccurate. To, to compare what happened to Emmett Till to what happened. To Trayvon Martin, it's, it's like I, I could. I would almost want to say comparing apples to oranges, but it's but, but both of those are fruit. And so I, I mean, it's like comparing <laughs> apples to to fish. <laughs> something that's totally, yeah. completely different. Yeah, really reprehensible. Different different. Just, just totally different. It's just so unfortunate that people uh, try to use. Issues like the Trayvon Martin um, to, to divide America and to to harken back to an era where things were just so very different. We've come a long way from from Emmett Till. That's a dark time in our history. Yeah. yeah. How do we how do we get to a place? We've spoken a few times on on this show and and on the radio show with Glenn that. Um, we really believe this president had the opportunity to be a transformational president as far as race is concerned. And rather than uh, seize that opportunity, he's gone completely the other way and has divided us more, I think, along racial lines than we have been in the last 40 years. How do we get back to a better place um, with race relations? First, we need to start with another president. <laughs> no, I think that's a good place to start. Absolutely. <laughs> and and, and we, we should we should replace him with with leaders who really love America, and and really want to be here and want to be an American, and want this nation to prosper and to and to come together. Uh, by starting with that, we yeah. will have the kind of leader that we need. But we also need a leader who's not afraid to look backward to a, a time when America did have respect and honesty and discipline. And we, we respected pregnant women. We respected life. We expected the, the baby that she was carrying in her, in her mm -hmm. tummy. We respected old people. 
We respected marriage. Did I say authority? We respected authority. To, to look back to those days and to take what was good from the past and, and, and bring it into the future and, and help us bring it into the future. America has been here for almost 250 years. What made America great? It's not rocket science. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so... all of those values, those old-timey values. We so... need to go back there. So difficult, though, because you just named a whole uh, plethora of issues that on which we disagree with this president. Uh, and yet, about every day, somebody comes out, and the latest being Harry Reid, and accuses us, accuses conservatives, accuses Republicans of only being against this president, despite the fact that we cite our ideological difference with, differences with him all day, every day. And they accuse us of only uh, opposing him because he's black. It, it, they make it so incredibly difficult to have a decent discussion in this country. That is such a piece of garbage, too. Oh. One, of the thing, one of the things that, that broke my, the straws that broke my camel's back and made me switch was the head of the Louisiana Democrat Party said that the only reason anyone could be against Obamacare is because president's an african-american oh, my mother who's 104 years old heard those comments and calls me and said albert i know that you're not a part of this you can't be uh participating in something like and she's a democrat mm. 104 years old democrat did not oh. want her son to be any way uh, related to or attached to those kinds of comments and it was just a couple of hours later that uh i was i was ready to make the move but uh, she gave me that, that little parental nudge. That was, that was just too much to uh, to take. It's interesting that the nudge came from your Democrat mother. Well, she's an old style mother, though. That, she she too, the Democrat Party has left yeah. her and her yes. values behind, just as they left me and my values behind. Uh, all of those those old timey values that we were talking about a few minutes ago. That's the stuff that that she taught me. This is stuff that her mother taught her. So those are the values of of my mother and my family. And unfortunately, they are no longer the values of the party that she belonged to. Uh, hey, I don't know whether she's going to make a switch, but yeah. uh, she's, she's mm -hmm. thinking about it. I noticed that. You're, you, you referenced your mom a couple of times in, in all present tense that she's still a Democrat, even after those criticisms. What, I mean, you know, she's 104 years old. Maybe she's just like, you know what, I've got 104 years in this party and I'm sticking with it till the, you know, to the, to the very end here. But mm -hmm. I don't know if there's, a, is there, do you think there's something that can happen uh, that will change her mind? Are you going to keep pushing her? I will. Um, she's, she's not an easy person to push. <laughs> uh, she, mom, mom is a tough old hen. She, uh, she still holds tight to those values. And it's just the values, really, not the, not the party so much. Right. The party is, is now a shell of its former self. That's for and sure. it is moved, it is really moved on far from what it is. If you talk with her about, uh, abortion. Or if you talk with her about a marriage between Leroy and Larry, uh, she just flips out. She'll chew your ear off for, for a half hour explaining biblically and morally and every other way why those things are not right. Mm. Wow. 
fascinating. She, she's really a Republican. She's a, a closet Republican. I tell her that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Senator, State Senator uh, Elbert Guillory from uh, Louisiana, thanks for joining us, and, th- and thanks for fighting the good fight. It's, it's great to have you out there on our side. It's great to have you as, al- as allies, and I appreciate very much what you're doing. Thanks, thanks a lot. So much. Keep appreciate fighting. It. Thank will. you. Should we take it to break here with his comments on the free market? I think they're pretty amazing. Yeah. All right. Uh, here's uh, Senator, El- uh, Senator Elbert uh, Guillory here with uh, comments that uh, made us uh, want him to have him on the program. They're really amazing. And, and I wish we had a, um, a high-profile African-American president that would sit here and speak this eloquently about the free market. It was the free market that created the automobile the airplane, the air conditioner. It was the free market that created the very device that you're watching this video on. Only capitalism can provide the upward mobility for the meekest among us to break the shackles of poverty and rise into the middle class. This is what we call the American dream. And Republicans have always been the champions of capitalism. But in recent history, we've done a terrible job of articulating these values to a new audience. The truth is, today, black Americans know very little about the Republican Party. It is my solemn hope and the hope of millions just like me that the black community can come to grips with the truth now before it's too late, while we can still save ourselves. After all, what was God's plan for our people? Is this why God delivered us from the wilderness of slavery so that able-bodied men could sit on the porch all day? Drinking liquor? Was it God's plan that we would merely trade one plantation for another? People have been too afraid to speak truth to power. But I'm not afraid. Wake up, my brothers and sisters of the American community. Liberalism has nearly destroyed black America. And now it's time for black America to return the favor. The Bible says you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And, and watching uh, Elbert Guillory makes me think, geez, he could be president of the United States, but I'm not going to jump on that bandwagon right now. <laughs> State senator from Louisiana. But man, can we do that every time. But we're just we're so desperate for anybody who can articulate the point and be a strong presence and say it articulately and get out there and be brave and bold and 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 fearless. And he's all those things. And so you go, okay, you're our guy. That's it. You're our guy. And then, you know, something comes out about him and he turns out to be some kind of closet liberal or whatever. Yeah. I don't, I don't think you're going to find that on Elber Guillory. But, no. you know, it might be a little kind of a stretch from state legislature in Louisiana <laughs> yeah. to 1600 Pennsylvania it does Avenue. It seems odd, actually, that he, uh, you know, not to say that it's not an accomplishment, but only a state senator. I know. I hate to put it that way, but he seems uh, like such a well-spoken guy that... So Maybe great. because he was kind of conservative the whole time, and the Democrats never wanted to give him any promotions. Uh, it could be that. Who knows? Could uh, be. It was. I was laughing by the way. I was reading a. I can't remember what story it was on some site, and you know, at the bottom they put like other stories you might like, mm-hmm. and usually they're like the, the last five stories written about the general topic you're on. Yeah. Well, I don't know if this one site had a malfunction or something because it was giving me these really old weird stories. Uh, at least on this one story that I clicked on, 
And it was, uh, I, I can't remember what story I was reading, but the first story was Dennis Miller announced his endorsement of Her- Herman Cain. Really? And I, I'm like, what? I clicked. I was like, why is that? Because I just assumed it was like a recent story or something, or maybe it was a joke of his or something. And I clicked on it, and it was from the campaign. And I guess he was on the Herman Cain bandwagon pretty big yeah. at that point. You know, Dennis Miller's a you know, very smart guy, and, and uh, it's just one of those things of like, you really do, you embrace these guys. And, uh, you know, Herman Cain obviously did not work out um, in that particular situation, uh, mm-hmm. nor, by the way, did anybody that we wanted uh, for president. Uh, it, although Mitt Romney was fine at the end. I was fine with him, but it was not our first choice by any means. Um, and it's weird because you, it's, it's just a tough thing in this environment to be involved in is politics. I think, you know, you really uh, you have to live basically a perfect life to be able to do anything these days. Mm-hmm. I mean... I was reading an article about uh, Alex Rodriguez. Unless you're on the left. Then Unless you're okay. on the left, then it doesn't matter what you do. Yeah. Then uh, you can be mayor of San Diego. San Diego. Mayor of San Diego. Fondling or whatever. Women. It doesn't matter. Just, you know, just slapping every girl that walks by in the butt, and you're mm-hmm. still going to be embraced by he's the left. He's cured, though. Is he? Yeah, he's cured now. I believe oh. he's out of rehab now. Oh, he is. He got out of oh, rehab okay. a little week early, and I think he's cured. Well, he's cured like Anthony Weiner, right? He's out cured, 100%. Yeah, because Anthony Weiner, I know, is cured. We know that. Uh, you know, his, his cured wife. and then got back into it, but now he's cured again. Well, he's cured again, though. He's <laughs> okay. double cured. He's re-cured. He's cured again, born again cured. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's so. a good way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he uh, is... Yeah, apparently, the New York um, uh, electorate does not exactly believe his explanation what? of his, his being cured uh, a new poll out from Siena college hateful hateful uh, he has a approval rating of 11 percent 11 and only 80 oh percent disapprove <laughs> 80 to 11 oh now you might say that's God. the worst approval rating i've ever seen and you would be incorrect because rod blagojevich had a four percent approval rating wow. at the end wow and uh, that one i always thought was amazing four percent i mean just margin of error would say you'd get around 10 which is where Wiener is now at 11%. But that's really bad. I, I, I guess this one's not going to work out for Anthony, which it does hurt me um, because of all the material it would give us. Uh, Wiener, though, still fighting. He has a new campaign ad out. Here it is. If you're in New York, you're probably seeing this on television until he runs out of money. But uh, we'll play it for free. I've waged a campaign focused like a laser beam on fighting for the middle class and those struggling to make it. I put out two books of new ideas, 125 of them, in fact. Everything from restoring discipline in our schools to creating a single-payer health plan for our city. Look, powerful voices have made it clear from the very beginning they didn't want me to win. But this isn't about what they want. They've gotten their way for far too long. If you give me the chance, I will fight for you and your family every single day. This is just... What's the doorbell at the, the elevator? Pat. Elevator. The elevator door there. Oh. Okay. Because in New York, there's elevators a lot in a lot of places. Okay. And that's what people love about New York is those elevators. I love those elevators, you know? Except for Mayor Bloomberg. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> that's right. He's slowing them down. Mm. Uh, Wiener actually got in uh, a little bit of a, uh, a little argument, I guess, with a British reporter. And Wiener is a, one of the most smug Oh. douchiest douches on, really on, the, on the planet. He really is. I mean, he really is. I mean, he's one of the you know inaugural members of the Douche Hall of Fame. Still to this day holds, if tied with a 99%, the highest percentage ever voted into the Douche Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, he's a major douche, and he shows it here. What about what's going on in your personal life, then? How do you deal with that when you're confronted and you've been so exposed, your family's you doing, humiliated? Nice to see you. Thank you, brother. 
How do you carry on when what's gone on in your personal Look life? At I don't wait. I guess uh, um, you must be on the impression this is supposed to be easy. It's not. You're, you're, I'm fighting for a tough job. It requires a lot of toughness when you're on the job. So this is the way I'd want it to be. Is it ambition? Is it a hunger for the big job, the power? I tried to take you seriously. No, uh, it's, it has to do with wanting to be mayor of the city of New York and wanting to help the middle class and those struggling to make it. What is it well, that you want to do for, for this city? Well, the hunger for the big job. Hello? Uh, why don't you go to my website, anthonywinner.com. I want to fight for the middle class and those struggling to make it. Would anything stop you? <laughs> I just have a feeling I've, like, stepped into a Monty Python bit. I don't know. Would anything stop me? What are you, or now is a rock going to fall on my head? No, nothing's going to stop me. I'm going to win this election. Anything else I can do for ITV? You want me to do the, the weather or something? If you can do the weather, you can do yes. the weather for me. What? Where is it from? This is, this is in England? You can do the weather here in New York be, if you like. No, no, no. I'll do yours instead. It's going to be raining and cloudy and gray. Uh, so do what you can, guys. Try to keep your head up. Keep a stiff, what is it, stiff upper lip. What an ass. He is an ass. What a jerk. He actually oh is more likable in the sexting. Wow, he yes. really is. Like I yes. he really actually is. seems like a better guy when he's talking about hitting on a nineteen year old blimpy worker. I mean Douche is too nice a word it for really him. Really is. I mean, just the wow. the, the arrogance as like he's oh in the middle of a conversation gosh. with someone and he's just talking to and other he just people mocking behind there, and, and mocking her accent and and if that was a uh, South African, well, not South African, because probably be a white person, that'd be fine. If it was a uh, a, a person from Ghana or the mm-hmm. Congo, and he's mocking their accent, yeah, would that be okay? No, of course not. No, and absolutely like, not. And it's it's like it's not. There have been situations Jeez. where you've seen some reporter asking such idiotic questions that they deserve. A she treatment wasn't like asking that. idiotic she was questions. Asking very basic. Obviously, newsworthy worthy questions. Yep. You know, it's so ridiculous. I mean, I don't oh. know. Uh, what about the press conference he just did, though? I mean, that didn't go well, did it? Well, I thought she, I thought, uh, you thought it did? did a good job. Yeah. yeah, she held herself together pretty well. I, there was some mm. there was some criticism of it. I guess mm. I, I don't know. Check it out. You make up your mind. We interrupt this broadcast for a breaking press conference out of New York. Good afternoon. My name is Anthony Weiner, and I'm candidate for mayor of New York City. Uh, I said other texts and photos were likely to come out, and today they have. As I said in the past, these things that I did were wrong and hurtful to my wife. As you know, she's been out with me recently, and she had a few words she wanted to say. My amazing wife, Uma Abedin. As many of you have known, I've spent a good deal of time out on the campaign trail. You know, previously, in the past, at at churches and in schools. You'll have to excuse me now, though. I'm I'm very, very nervous. This is my first press conference, and I've written what I have to say. faced this publicly two years ago. It was the beginning of a time in our marriage that was very difficult. And it took us a very long time to get through it and to move past it, which 
I believe is to be expected in the situation. Our marriage, like many others, has had its ups and downs. It took a lot of work and a whole lot of therapy to get to a place where I believe I could forgive Anthony and I could strongly and securely make that choice for myself and myself only. It was not an easy choice in any way, but then again, what decisions in life are. I made the decision that it was worth staying in this marriage and that the commitment that we made to one another was stronger and would last longer than anything that could be thrown at our marriage or anything that we would go through or that one of us would do. I do believe that this commitment is stronger in the end. That was a decision I made for myself, for our son, who also loves Anthony, and for our own family. I didn't know how it would work out, but I did know I wanted to give it a try. After all, everyone deserves a second chance, right? Now, Anthony has made some horrible mistakes, both before he resigned from Congress and after. He's not perfect, but neither am I. And I do very strongly believe that forgiving him was the right decision. And yet again, I ask that the people of New York and that the people of the United States of America will keep in mind that this is between us and our marriage and that they will respect that. We discussed all of this before Anthony even decided to run for mayor. So what I really want to say is that I love him. He's really made the effort to be honest with me and just to tell me everything. And I believe that that shows something. That shows a certain kind of character that you won't find in anybody else. New York, I ask that you keep this in mind because I believe in him. And I believe that you should too. In conclusion, I have forgiven him. I have honestly made the decision to do so. And like I said, I do believe in him. And New York, I do think that you should continue to support him in all that he does and all that he says. And as we have said from the beginning, we are moving forward. Thank you very much. No, I think you're right. That went that went well. Yeah, she, that went pretty she well. She was great. She was yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. All right. Triple eight seven two seven back.
Triple eight seven two seven. Janice Smart. <laughs> what? It's just what a wonder. Yeah, she's brilliant. I mean, she's just she's nailing. It. Oh, please, I, I that's think. so much better than anything on SNL. There's no ending <laughs> oh to anything on SNL. That's a good point. You know, they start something. It might be funny at the beginning, funny in the middle, and then it just it's over. Just stop. Wait, <laughs> what? Oh. Mm-hmm. What happened? Yeah, where it, it just went away. You know, you need something funny at the end, which so this obviously the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're trying to you're trying to get at least one funny part occasionally. I think yeah. is the yeah. uh, is the way to. A lot of times, it. SNL misses the funny part at the beginning, middle, or end. Yes, <laughs> which well, I think in comedy is a problem. Yeah, it's one of those things where they do a uh, the way they write the show limits because they're they're funny people. I mean, they're not. It's not like these people are not funny. It's like they. They write themselves. They don't do any like advanced stuff, so they they write most of their stuff the week of the show. So trying to do an hour and a half show where you're writing all of it like overnights on like Monday and Tuesday night, getting ready for the show. I mean, it's really like a weird way to do a show, and they don't do anything in advance. Yeah, I don't. I've never understood that. Like they have most of their sketches are completely timeless. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I mean, it's yeah. Some of them are on politics. You wait to do those last minute, but like they're off. 80 weeks of the year. They're off more than there are weeks of the year. So maybe in that time, you can use a little bit of it to come up with funny things that you know are good. Right. And then you can just kind of insert them in the shows as you go. But I don't know why. I mean, it's just like one of those things where they've done it this way forever and they're not changing. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it could be brilliant. You know, with limited resources, I mean, we do some decent shows on a regular basis. SNL is on for one hour a week, hour and a half. But you know, you got musical and guests and lots of lots week. and lots of commercials. But they've got ninety writers or whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, untold amounts of producers and all kinds of resources and of NBC built-in A-list guest stars yeah. that you can just play yeah. right off of. I mean, I mean, it should be brilliant every time out, and it's just not. You mean like the newsroom? No, <laughs> on HBO, which is brilliant every single time. Uh, it's actually, mm-hmm. this, I mean, it's well written. Uh, it's <clears throat> normally been a just well, it's housing. Aaron Sorkin, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's Aaron Sorkin. So it's a clearance house typically for liberal propaganda. Yeah. Um, and then this year they supposedly added like Chris Matthews as a consultant. Oh, so, you know, then it's going to get oh, conservative. So now they've got the wide range of communism all the way to socialism. <laughs> right, right. Uh, however, it seems like uh, I guess this latest clip is about the Zimmerman case. And they are actually critical of NBC for editing the tape, which seems to me to be bizarre. Let's watch it. The case took a turn today when the part-time mayor of Sanford, Jeff Triplett, overruled his police department and released the 911 tape to the press. We received the audio recording just a few minutes ago, and we'll play a portion now. This guy looks like he's up to no good or he's on drugs or something. It's raining and he's just walking around looking about. Black. Did you see what he was wearing? hypothetical, but I think it's That's what she was saying. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm transcribing the full text of the 911 call. The 911 operator asks, "Is he white, black, or Hispanic?" And Zimmerman answers, "He looks black." Yeah. You cut the operator's question. Yeah. But. It's damn blonde chicks. You have no doubt that at fault. Mm-hmm. And luckily, the 
the gentle you didn't hear it and think if I take out the question and only leave the answer it won't sound like it was an answer I didn't if I had I would obviously I wouldn't have cut it it was just for time yes you weren't trying to see justice done we have an important correction in the Trayvon Martin story. And then uh-huh. they go correct it, I suppose. Which they didn't really do. No. Did they? They didn't really do the important no, correction not, in the Trayvon not Martin story. That, uh, drastically. Uh, and certainly not contrite. And it wasn't NBC who stumbled onto it. It was like us and yeah. others like us yeah. who said, wait a minute, they edited that. This is because is this is nice newsroom is essentially. Nice what liberals wish the news was. Yeah. And while they're getting some credit here for, well, look, they did admit, they did edit this tape. They're just presenting NBC's case. Yeah, on was what it happened. just for time? Bull crap. Bull crap. It was, it was just, just for time. time. It was to make him look bad. It was to make him look racist. Uh, it was to make him look guilty. It was just for time. That took a total, and we, we said this at the time, it was like a second and a half. Mm-hmm. It was maybe two seconds. It it was, was he white or black? Was he white, black, or Hispanic? That takes maybe two seconds to say. That was not edited for time. That's nonsense. Absolutely. <laughs> I like how they just Total pin it nonsense. on some cute little blonde. Yeah. Yeah, the cute yeah, little nice. blonde in the edit room. She's the one that screwed this up. Everybody right. else in the entire news organization, uh-huh. they were all pure as the driven snow. The Middle Eastern this, man is the one who discovered it. Thank goodness right. for the Middle God, Eastern looking man. He's the one who wasn't racist. Mm-hmm. He's the one who was totally fair and not biased. Yeah. He <laughs> just wanted to report the news. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, you know, and then, and then we've got uh, the state capitol building in Florida. And I, I don't know, if, do we know if this was commissioned or not? It must have been commissioned because they don't just allow anybody to come into the state capitol and do a mural, Right. So somebody came into the state capitol and did a mural of George Zimmerman shooting Trayvon Martin. A new mural honoring Trayvon Martin at the state capitol tonight. A Miami-based artist unveiled her painting today called We Are All Trayvon Martin. It depicts George Zimmerman. By the way, we are not all Trayvon Martin. No. I am not Trayvon Martin. Okay? Zimmerman shooting at Trayvon. The painting (laughs) includes a mirror in a hoodie. The artist says it's supposed to mean the shooting could have happened to anyone. Oh, wow, George Zimmerman is a terrible shot. But justice, that's what we're seeking for. Justice for you, just for me, justice for everybody. And we are all equal. Ms. Hung also created a 50-foot-long mural people can actually write on. She hopes to display both pieces in Washington, D.C. <sighs> mm-hmm. oh. According hmm. to this, it was not... it. Uh, it's there in the Capitol in the midst of a month-long sit-in outside of the governor's office, Governor Rick Scott, to advocate against the state's stand-your-ground law. Mm. So they've got this, uh, this the and dream Rick Scott, defenders. Rick Scott would not be uh, for repealing the stand-your-ground law, so. I don't think. At least uh, if he is, he's certainly uh, not as conservative as he right. claimed to be. Uh, but I don't, think, I, I don't think that's what he's doing. Um uh, interesting. Uh, if you show the mural again, uh, George Zimmerman, obviously a terrible shot. It looks like here, uh, as he seems to be aiming towards somebody's head. 
Right. Which is not at all what happened in the case. He's also, uh, he also seems to be standing, mm-hmm. which he which was not, not yeah, he was doing. A, uh, and the report from ABC doesn't make any mention of that. But thanks to ABC for providing the story in the video. But there, there he is in this mural with his nasty expression on his face, shooting toward the head of We Are All Trayvon. And that's not how it unfolded. We're all Trayvon if we're all on top of George Zimmerman beating his head into the ground. That's how we would all be Trayvon Martin. Fortunately, we're not all Trayvon Martin. Yeah, and if you believe the case was uh, was justified, why wouldn't you portray it in art as if it ha- as it happened? The way it really happened. Yeah. Show instead. Trayvon- she says she's seeking justice. She's seeking truth. She she didn't do any of that. She specifically put something that's completely untrue on in her painting. Such garbage. Triple eight seven two seven back. for tonight's show. Whatever the project is, Glenn, do the Hillary mask. I don't want to hear about it. Please. Yeah. Why? The, instead uh, of Sarah Palin? Yeah, that's just not a good option. Why? Because I don't want to hear about it. The audience well, will be well, like, why are you making fun of Sarah Palin? We're not oh, making yeah. fun of Sarah Palin. Here's right. what we're trying to do. They'll totally miss the point. You're right. I mean, it's, you know, well, many people do because, they, mm-hmm. you know, look, they're very defensive of uh, uh, mm-hmm. Mrs. Palin and she's fantastic, but... You know, it was a point of, uh, well, you'll see the thing tonight, but it's just a point on how uh, it's okay to mm-hmm. um, to make fun of uh, people who are in the political limelight. It's been mm-hmm. done a lot of times. Every single time is okay, except it's, when it's this president. It's not true, though. It's not It's not okay. Right. That is the exception when it's this president. Why is that it's the exception? That's okay. my question. It's not okay. Um, we have... We have, uh, I think we have a report on how not okay it is. Oh, good. Uh, to put a mask of this president on somebody who's not this president. And, uh, can he, can he wear his no, own mask? He cannot wear his own mask. He must just. So him. he could be racist against himself he if he, he wears a that's mask. How, of that's his... how sensitive it, it is mm-hmm. when, when you're talking about a mask of this president. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a report on that from a rodeo in Missouri. Watch this. Mm-hmm. This is horrifying. What you're about to see will be disturbing. Dude, Small I don't know about you, but did they tell you about our famous helper we're going to have out here tonight? No, they did not. You ain't saying anything about it? Who is it? Yeah. It's Obama. Hey, let me tell these people about who we got help, and Obama's going to have to just stay there. Obama, watch out for those bulls. Oh boy. 
That was wow. horrible. That was the that worst was... thing I've ever seen in my life. You know, the worst. If I may say, it's you may. the same you thing may. as Emmett Till in my mind. Thank you. You know, thank you. Here we have. It's uh, exactly the same thing. In, in my, my mind, mind, it's the exact same thing. In both our minds. Think about this. You know, where, where did that, did that happen in Tillville? Do we know? It's, because it's, it's just on the outskirts of Tillville. Really? Headed toward downtown area. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. What you just saw was a man. Look at that. Look a, at that. There's a close up. In a, look at that. That's Look a mask. That. That's a mask of the president. It's a mask of the president who happens to be African American. My belief is, and look, mm-hmm. I'm maybe I'm not going far enough here, but I believe everyone in the audience should be executed for watching it. <laughs> now, I Even maybe I'm not going far, far enough. enough. Yeah, I, think, I, I, I think everyone in the country should yeah. be executed. Yeah. Whether you saw it or not, because it happened in this country, we're all responsible. We're all guilty. We're all Trayvon, and we're all guilty right yeah. now. We will have be ta- we will all... be taking the uh, cyanide pills uh, after this program. We're all guilty out of respect for this president. Now, our last our last segment was we're all Trayvon. This segment, we're all guilty. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's so insulting, dumb. I mean, look. Is it a little cheesy? Is it a little hokey? Oh, sure. It was really bad. Uh, You're Obama. Yes, Obama. Hey, what about Obama? I mean, it's stupid, yes, but is that insulting or offensive in any way? No. Was, I mean, you know somebody any... did that with Bush. Was Come there on. anything? Did they do anything racist with the mask? No, they did not. Did they? No, they did not. I didn't see any of the not other that I saw. clips, at least. I, I mean, mean it, that's like a Klan rally. That's what they were accused of. Well, that's like a Klan rally. Yep. They lynched people in it. Sure. <laughs> That's like, See the burning cross in that? How demeaning is that to actual people? Well, it's who the same, are it's by the the same with, with Oprah yeah. bringing in uh, the Tillman thing. I, uh, unbelievable nonsense that people are spewing. I, uh, they should be put in prison. All these people with this unbelievable nonsense should be put in prison. Just take away their First Amendment. They don't have the right to First Amendment speech anymore. Just put them in prison. I'm sick of them. Okay. You seem to really switch sides. You were talking about executing the entire audience before, and now, now I'm switching the other wow. direction. Wow, all... yeah. it's it's so I, I, because it's so pointless to so argue that this is not racism. At least you know, I, I, I mean, I can't speak for the entire thing because I didn't see the entire thing. But at least what we just saw there is not racism at all. Having a mask of the president of the United States is a time honored tradition. We've been doing it Forever. since masks existed in this country. Uh, how many Nixon masks have you seen? Many, 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 many. Keith, uh, Keith our phone screener, sent us a, pic, a, a screenshot earlier of uh, what was that movie with Patrick Swayze uh, when he was the surfer guy? Point Break. And Point in Point Break, break they, the ex-presidents was the name of the, the, the uh, bank robbers, and they would go from uh, from bank to bank and rob the banks in the presidential masks, and they would parody the presidents as they walked out. I am not a crook as they're robbing a bank. Uh, you know, that... Mm. Used to be okay. I would assume that movie made in 20 years when they remake it because they've run out of ideas yet again. Uh, they will have an Obama mask and someone will say it's, it's racist. I, You know, you can't do anything with this. You can't oppose his policies. You can't do anything. They have completely forgotten. And what was the thing that it was? Was it Reed that was saying that the viciousness with which he, he can't imagine if this was a white, if if it's a policy issue. He can't imagine the same sort of intensity of opposition. Were you alive under Clinton? I mean, Clinton was not as far left as this guy no, is. No, And we viciously opposed virtually everything he did. And we used to get in trouble for that all the time. They said, 
how hateful the conservatives were. They hate this guy just because. And he was white. Do yeah. you remember it? And do you remember your opposition to George W. Bush? Oh, my gosh. You were calling him a Vicious. Nazi and a terrorist every day. All the time. Uh, all the, all right. It's so frustrating. On Blaze Radio, if you're watching or listening to that, and it's uh, Jay Severin. He's coming up next. And we will see you tomorrow. Mm-hmm.